0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by toughpigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch The Muppets Take Manhattan two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand.
1: And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe.
0: And joining us today, we have a very special guest star, one of the core writers, one of our bedrocks at toughpigs.com. Who are you, guy?
2: Hi, Guy. I'm Guy Smiley. No, uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, my name is is Louis Perlman, and I've been a proud Tough Pigs writer since uh, 2016. Yeah,
0: 2016. Yeah, yeah. Because you were like brand new when we started doing the the Muppet Show. Forty years later, reviews. Ish. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because that, yeah, yeah, that was maybe. Was that in 2016 that we started? Yeah, that... 2016
0: was when we started. Then yeah. yeah,
2: forty exactly. years. Wow, that's really wild. That's really wild. Yeah. Yep, yep. But I feel, but you know, I I, I was reading the site when it was still being run by like Danny Horn and those people. Mm, Uh, I've been reading the site since I was uh, 20 years old. So to be part of the Tough Pigs family is still a huge honor and a privilege.
0: Sure. Yeah, I I feel the same way. And we are honored to have (laughs) Louie here today. To talk about minutes eighty seven and yeah. eighty eight <laughs> of the Muppet State Manhattan, and in these minutes, Kermit yeah. and Piggy make each other happy. So, <laughs> yes, here we go. Uh, so there's a lot happening in these. We start with the last few lines of somebody's getting married, and we've talked a lot about how this movie doesn't have very many Muppets in it, and now all of a sudden it does.
1: <laughs> oh, they're making up for it. Yeah, movie. it has every Muppet yeah. in it now.
0: Right.
2: But that's so, sort of what I think I think that's what they're going for. The story before this is so compact and uh, really focuses on just a few individual characters. And then all of a sudden, you know it's like this coming together of this like community of of Muppets. And I think it's really I mean, th- full disclosure, these are my favorite two minutes of any Muppet project of all time. Huh. I don't like any. I don't like any. uh, Anything as much as I like these two minutes, quite frankly. Maybe the two minutes that follow it, I like. But that's that's, there are other minutes you
1: like. You just don't like them as much.
2: No, all other minutes I hate. (laughs) Right. I love. This is the bright spot for me. Everything Everything in the Muppet movie, Great Muppet Caper, you're just
1: like, ew, no thanks.
2: I scowl. I turn it (laughs) off. I say, why are we watching this childish pablum?
0: (laughs) And then, then as soon as the you know. Jerry and the Atrix sit next to some babies at a wedding. You're all about it. Like I'm like, yeah.
2: this is perfect for me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
0: Awesome. All right. Yeah. So, so so what happens? We start with the Sesame gang. We we saw them last week. So I won't I won't list every member of the Sesame gang that we see here, but we start with Ernie. We we continue Ernie's line, which is miss it. Am I late? Mm-hmm. And then Bert says. No, they'll be here any minute. And Cookie Monster says, "Oh boy, me can hardly wait."
1: That's two mm-hmm. Frank Oz characters in a row.
0: Mm-hmm. Two Frank Oz characters in a row, which which also makes me think about um, another crossover between the Sesame Gang and the Muppet Show Gang, Muppet Family Christmas, where yes. you have Bert, Bert as Mama and Grover as the mouse who is not stirring
2: on yes. stage yes. at the same time. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> um, I mean that that whole special is such a feat. It you really guys should do a special you guys should do a few special episodes where you break down a few moments of that because it's almost as cinematic as some of the movies
1: are. you know we
0: we, we have some plans for Muppet family Christmas that we Go are ahead. not are not announcing yet. We, okay I this,
1: apologize. We're, this, talking this, this, that. we're talking about how we want to cover that, yeah. Yeah, because it's right. so good. It's so great. I love it yeah, so much. It's great,
2: yeah. yeah,
0: it's my it's my favorite. Like you said, this is your two favorite minutes. That's actually my favorite Muppet project ever. I think. Oh it's, yeah,
2: it's up there for me. Absolutely. Sure. When I'm not playing always, my Muppet snob character, it's very right, really, right. really high up there for me. Well,
0: I've 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 always said that I can imagine Jerry Jewell finishing that script and just like standing up from his typewriter and saying, "Alexander wept." There were no more worlds to
2: conquer. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It really is. It's a perfect Jerry Jewell script. I, I know I we don't want to go too far off about from talking about these these minutes of of love it's take Manhattan, but it is like it is Jerry Jewels' crowning achievement, that script. Yeah, it, it, Just I like, think That's
1: reasonable, yeah. Yeah. Um so we we talked about this a little bit last week that so Ernie and Bert have encountered the like the Muppet Show characters before. They were on... Yes, they were
0: on the Connie Stevens episode. Yeah, yeah, and they're in the Marty Feldman episode too, right?
1: I believe they are. Yeah. So, and then after this, it's uh, they pop up in Muppet Family Christmas. Are there any other interactions like between Ernie and Bert and Kermit, yeah. say?
0: Ernie and Bert. Well, you know, it's funny. Or because any of these Ernie like main Kermit... Sesame
1: Street characters? Obviously, Kermit, Kermit was on Sesame good. Street, so.
0: Right, Kermit was with Cookie Monster all the time.
2: That's you
1: true. know, that's yeah. like a duo, and Grover. That's, a, that's
0: like a that's a famous duo, yeah,
1: yeah, yes. and Grover um, Rover and Kermit
2: as well, yeah.
0: Right, and of course, like Big Bird asks ask Kermit about how Santa gets down the chimney and Kermit and some of the guys go investigate, you know, right. And, and big, bird Sesame with,
1: Street. With big bird on the Muppet show.
0: With Leslie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, um, and in a couple of years, they will all attend the same banquet in a celebration of 30 years.
1: Yeah, that's
2: correct. Yeah. That's after this. That's right. That's, that's after everyone. this. And they're all hanging out yeah. together at the banquet because all the characters were still owned by the same companies at the time. Yeah, <laughs>
0: right. Exactly. Uh,
2: the, the halcyon age. <laughs> yeah. It's too oh, bad. Man. They can't do that anymore. They're, oh yeah without I, I, like major you know negotiations uh, which is which is really a shame and a lot of people sort of meld all the characters together in their minds and don't understand you know like i like i've had people like tw- 2011s the muppets i had people be like where were Ernie and Bert? I mean, oh. being like, those yeah. aren't the same characters. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> like, right. I feel
1: like every time a new Muppet project is announced, it's like, yeah, yeah, Kermit and Miss Piggy in a new Muppet series, and people are always like, "Where's the Count?" Yeah, you totally. <laughs> right, that really right. works. Yeah.
0: Well, I I don't remember the context, but Danny Horn once described it as before someone pushed the Jim Henson Company off the mantle and broke it into a thousand pieces.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's really. Yep, yeah, that's Which, what happened.
0: It absolutely is. Yeah. Um, but so after we see those Sesame characters, we move on to some characters from The Muppet Show itself. Well, actually, yeah, we I, have... did, I wanted
1: to mention, we we tried to name all the characters who were visible in this shot last week. Um, one I didn't notice last week, but I did notice this week. Uh, there's a horse. I'm not sure if it's Buster the horse, who is Forgetful Jones's horse, or if it's Fred the Wonder Horse, who is uh, Marshall Grover's uh, trustee steed but it's it's one of those two horses is also sharing this pew space with the sesame Muppets. Yes. so i just wanted to shout out to that sesame street horse nice
0: we, we do not want to forget buster andor fred right
1: exactly whichever horse it is
0: yes uh, but so we do see a few muppet show characters here crazy harry says isn't this exciting pops says it's the wedding of the year sam the eagle says well can't we start without them and then the newsman says no, no you can't, can't, can't until they're here there it is <laughs> whoa, whoa is the newsman here
2: wow. yeah 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 um, that's but, that's like my best jim henson which is very
1: poor
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure um so we you did know have two hey, Jerry I, nelson I characters
1: say. in a row there yeah
0: right crazy harry and then pops um the thing that that always jumps out to me about this is all of these guys have spoken in the first two movies at some point all of them had at least a line sure. in in the previous movies. So they it's not like they're squeezing in some of these, you know, fan favorites who who never got to speak on film or something. But we do see some of them in in the background here. Hilda is sitting next to Pops, Hilda. you guys. Like they're not even from this Hilda was only in the first season. Pops was only in the last season. That's true. But they they're attending this wedding together. What a thrill. Oh, you think I'm they're there the, as
2: they're dates. together. Yeah. There are a couple. Man, I now. hope so.
0: I, I think they'd be adorable.
1: Yes. I, I agree. Yeah.
0: What did you say, Ryan?
1: Oh, I just said, I love that idea that they're at the wedding yeah. together. And uh, according to, to her filmography on Muppet Wiki, this is the first time that Hilda had been seen since the finale of the Muppet movie. So yeah, it's just so good oh. to see her again.
0: Mm-hmm. It really? Well, and especially like, I've been listening to Muppet Muppeturgy podcast a lot, as I know you have, Ryan. Yes. And those guys the, the crew the crew on that show is so fond of Hilda that it has made me remember how much I enjoyed Hilda.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah. And I um, feel like really the only I mean, I don't know for sure, but the main reason she did not last beyond the first season of the Muppet show is just that her performer left the show. So if she right, which had, was if, if Aaron, Aaron Oscar, Oscar Yeah, if Aaron Oscar had stuck around, we might still have Hilda today. Who knows? Like she might've been right. recast at some point along the way. We might still have her.
0: Yeah. That'd be great. I would love it. We should bring Hilda back. Yeah. Um. But so who, who else do we see back here? Um. Two, as far as I can tell two members of Lubbock Lou and his jug band, but not Lubbock Lou himself. We got Bubba and we got grandpa. As far as I could can, tell.
1: Can you identify Lubbock Lou uh, on site?
0: Lubbock Lou? Uh, no, actually, I don't know. I can definitely identify I, I'm Slim just saying, I, on I, I can't name
1: all the members of the Jug Band.
0: No, I, I'll fully admit that I had to look at the wiki to yeah. remind myself which ones these were. Um, but we see two of them. Marvin Suggs, Louis Kazeg, Marvin Suggs, Sam's Muppaphone, as far as I can tell, right? Didn't did well, you know, he's, the
2: Muppaphones filed a restraining order against him before this was shot. That's why, yeah, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> uh,
0: but who else do we see? Louis Kazager, the 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 host of Muppet Sports. We got uh, Quango the Gorilla. Yes. I almost said Kong Gorilla, which is a DC Comics character. Yeah, different
2: but guy. Yeah,
0: Kong Gorilla does not appear at this wedding. Yeah, the Quongo Brain,
2: gorilla. Mala, they're all there. <laughs> right? All the DC all Gorillas there. are there. Gorilla Grodd, they're all there. Of course Detective Devo Chimp, there.
0: The yeah. mo- detect- oh, can you imagine if Detective Chimp was in this movie? Oh,
2: <laughs> I wish. What a dream! What I a know, dream! It would be. A, it really would be a dream. <laughs> I agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Titano, the whole gang.
2: Yeah, uh, there's, there's the human so night. many. <laughs>
0: okay. cool. human. Um, will like
2: human
0: And we didn't even say Grodd yet. Like I did I oh, you I said You said Grodd Yeah. Yeah. Um Solovar. Yeah. All right. So, who else Be-ho. Bobby <laughs> <laughs> Um oh man. DC Comics gorilla stuff. Wonderful. Uh Bobby Benson is sitting back here. We'll see the babies in a minute. Uh, they apparently have emancipated themselves from him, which is another like Again, another feel good story. Yeah, that's right?
1: great. Yeah, the babies are separated from Bobby Benson. Good for them. Yes.
0: Um, and then, as far as I can tell, the only other one is Fufu is back there. And yeah, I yeah, you think would think Fufu is,
1: you would think Fufu would have a better seat because she's Piggy's dog.
0: Piggy's dog, she yeah. she or
1: he? I'm not actually um, sure about Fufu's gender. I think I'm not Fufu's sure. Fufu's a girl, um, if I remember correctly, but I might be wrong about that.
0: Yeah, I know they say it like it's 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 stated explicitly in the Diane Cannon episode. Oh, okay. I know that, mm. which is the one where where Floyd babysits Fufu. <laughs> um, but uh, but as far as I can tell, Fufu is being held by Lips, like Lips is back oh. there, I think, holding Fufu.
1: I didn't see. And Lips. what
0: is hilarious to me is that Lips isn't sitting by the band.
1: Yeah, he got kicked out. That's weird.
0: Like. I mean he's not in this movie of course really other than this. Right.
1: The, he's not part of the gang along with the rest of the band.
0: Right. Well that's because Lips is nothing. <laughs> has has no character and as we've established on this podcast has no lips.
1: So. That's true.
0: <laughs> um but he's he's there. He got to go to the wedding and I think those are the only characters you can see.
1: And there's some uh, like a, a pink whatnot sitting kind of behind everybody else.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah, That's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Who didn't, I don't think was any particular character.
1: I don't think so. Just like one of those. That's one thing that's fun about this sequence or sequences like this for Muppet, like true Muppet nerds is just being like, oh, there's, of course, that's that one whatnot who was in that one UK spot on the third season of the Muppet show, you know, like nobody really cares, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: no it's 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 great to remember who's there and also like who they chose who they were clearly their favorites and also who they thought we would be able to recognize as fans like for like the the deep fans you know so because there's a lot a whole bunch of muppets that aren't that aren't at this wedding both on the sesame street side of the aisle and on the muppet side of the aisle you know
1: yeah. yeah, and right, I guess right. uh, yeah, the, I mean they they obviously made decisions. I wonder if they were even thinking about fans at the time.
0: Well, you 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 know, 84 83, I guess when they shot this, they must have been at least starting to be aware that home video was a thing. Oh yeah. You know, like it's it's definitely more of a of a thing that filmmakers would be aware of now than it was even even when the great muppet caper was made.
2: Mhm, you mm-hmm. know. So I mean I, it's definitely it's very rich in detail, this scene.
0: Yeah.
1: Which right. makes you feel it was meant to be paused somewhat. I guess so. And they really? yeah, some of them are very obscure. Like uh I noticed Lothar, this monster from uh the great Santa Claus Switch TV special. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I think it was, Oh,
0: Lothar was there?
1: Yeah. He's there, and then uh the flute snatcher from that series of uh like snack commercials from the '60s. That was also where Cookie Monster was built for. The Flute Snatcher is there at the wedding.
0: Yeah, that's is, that's Cookie Monster's
2: plus one.
1: Yeah, yeah is I the, guess so. Is well, the the yeah. Latroy Dragon there? I don't think so. Unfortunately,
2: See, snubbed, snubbed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and dragon. yeah, Wilkins and Wantkins are the are the, oh, the they're the black sheep of the family. So they're not there because they're worried that they're gonna, you know shoot a cannon at the wedding yeah wilkins might blow somebody up
0: yeah although crazy harry's there yes but crazy
2: harry crazy harry is written with so much beautiful restraint in
1: this scene it's really (laughs) (laughs) he's just excited (laughs) for the wedding crazy harry just loves weddings
2: yeah crazy harry loves weddings crazy harry he's just a he's a big wedding guy yeah he's a romantic i
0: mean uh, his his line after all is isn't this exciting
1: yeah hmm Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is
0: funny because you'd think his line would be like, Isn't this a blast? Right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's
0: not. Um but so then we do we cut to a choir of penguins who sing, They're finally getting I can't sing, they're finally getting married now. Yeah.
1: The penguins are and wearing some lovely bows.
0: They are. Um, and again, I imagine these are the same penguins who applied for a job at Pete's and started a you know.
1: <laughs> yes, I They're in so.
0: their free time.
1: They somehow found their way into Manhattan Melodies after getting rejected <laughs> by Pete. Yes. Well, I'm yeah. sure you guys have talked about this on the podcast before
2: this episode, but isn't this sort of the moment in the the movie where there's some sort of transference of reality and it's yes. no longer Manhattan Melodies anymore and it's just sort of a wedding? Because all yeah, of a sudden I there's did. all these other characters and the way that it cuts and we don't see the audience anymore after this, right. it there's, feels there's, to me like like this is like this is supposed to be a wedding that's actually happening that is real. You know what I mean? Correct.
0: Yeah. yeah. There, there, like you say, there's no way that the that the Broadway audience can see all of what's going on here. Now. They can, like, Yeah.
1: Because yeah, there's, it's, there's and, a and wall and, and yeah. it doesn't yeah, look we, like a
2: set anymore and and the re- and right before aesthetically it very much looks like a set quite intentionally. <laughs> right. I think.
1: As soon as, as those three right, yeah, the know. family of bears cross the threshold yeah. of this chapel, it, the reality shifts into something different.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. uh it is it's like it's like there it's like it's a it's like it's a smash cut without it really being a smash cut, you know, where right. it's like it's like there's a Time and space, there's a time and space shift that happens between those two shots. I for think sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I think what's interesting is that transition happened right before this clip started. Yes. And now, after the penguin thing, that's when I, I would say that's when the song Somebody's Getting Married is over and the song He'll Make Me Happy starts. Yes. Right? Yeah.
2: Yes. That's correct. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's like
0: yeah. so it's like the shift from one song to the other doesn't happen at the same time as the shift of reality. Which, which makes it more makes it more powerful somehow.
2: I think I agree. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I, I just feel that this this is a, a, an incredibly well directed sequence, and it's so wild to me that it was Frank Oz's first movie. Yeah, and I feel I feel like w- when Manhattan Melody starts all the way through to the end of the movie, like it's like a tour de force. It's it's yeah. one of the best musical um sequences in any movie literally ever it's it's pretty shocking and like and i know that it's how he got the job for little shop of horrors and how he branched out from the muppets which i know he really wanted to do but you know whenever i rewatch it i am really blown away by the confidence it's directed the pacing of it the shot composition it's beautiful it's shocking it's so good well yeah
1: well this comment is made way too often these days but modern movie musicals just like nobody can hold the camera still or keep the camera pointed at one thing for more than like two seconds. So it is yeah, this, right. he he's definitely letting things linger so we can actually see all these Muppets and see what they're doing.
0: Well, and, and right after this. So once, once he'll make me happy, he starts, right. Everybody, everybody turns and looks at the back of the church, the doors open, the chickens, the rats and pigs all sigh with delight. <laughs> and then yes. we see this, we see the door with the, uh, with the white space Kermit and Piggy walk towards each other, like now dressed for the wedding. The shot of Kermit and Piggy walking down the aisle singing lasts for exactly sixty seconds. Oh, oh that's wow. yeah. really from, interesting. From,
2: that's from nice.
0: thirty-three seconds in this clip to a minute thirty-three, and it's like that's that's got to be the longest shot in this ninety-four-minute movie.
2: The I mean, fact it, that it, the it fact that he was be. performing, yeah. watching himself on monitor, and directing at the same time is really insane to me. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> and I think you know. Uh, this might be a controversial statement, but I think that this is a little more tightly directed than anything that, like, Henson directed for Great Muppet Caper. I think the musical numbers in Great Muppet Caper are very, very charming, but this is, like, so there's such a sharpness to this that I feel is sort of lacking in Henson's direction, personally. That's, that's my opinion Hmm. about this.
1: Yeah. I I wonder if some of that has to do with the fact that the numbers in Caper tend to be more, heavy on like puppet tricks and stunts. Yep. Whereas definitely. that's not always the case in this. And, and even the fact that a lot of the, the songs in this, like you can't take no for an answer. It's not like they're all breaking out into song and do it. You know, it's, it's more of a montage. And I feel like there are a couple other songs in this that are more like that.
2: Well, that's, that's yes. actually kind of the reason why this is my favorite Muppet movie is that it feels like it's a little smaller. And it feels like it has very, not a lot to prove, Uh, you know, at this point, sort of in the Muppets cinematic career. And uh, I really like that about it. Like, I feel like all the characters are just written so strongly for the entire movie. All the musical numbers are a real delight. The plot is great. And it's a little more of an intimate look at like some of the best characters instead of being sort of having this big sprawling epic feel, which I feel that the other two do, you yeah, know, the first right. one being this like ma- major road trip slash let's prove that the Muppets can be in a movie and work in real environments. And then the second one being like Jim Henson being like, I will use the Muppets to make a big old school Hollywood film exactly. musical. Cause that's what I'm interested in, which is great. That's not a criticism, but this one is just like, here we go. You know, uh, you know, this is a little movie about a bunch of kids trying to put on a play. And I really love that about it. I find it very inspiring and really lovely.
0: Right. Well, and, and even right here, after we've seen all those characters get one line and we're seeing a bunch of the familiar faces, just the fact that he holds on Kermit and Piggy yeah. in a two shot yeah. for so long while they sing this gorgeous song yeah. to one another, you, you know? Um, and such. it's such a simple song, yeah. I think. But it's so sweet. Um, and t- tell me if I'm crazy. The before they start singing, the instrumental part mm-hmm. feels to me like it's meant to evoke Paco Bell's Canon in One hundred
2: percent. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Yes, that's, I think That's so. not yes. just
0: me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, of course, a very common wedding song.
2: Yeah. yeah this this song, what I think is kind of wild about it is and I don't know exactly where the ideas for this song came from. Who, who wrote all this stuff again? Was it Je- Jeff? Jeff Moss. Jeff Moss, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Moss, who's like a master for writing for Muppets at this point, mainly because of all his work on Sesame Street. But like the reason why these are my favorite two minutes is I think that like this is sort of everybody involved in the film just breaking down what they actually think is important about life. And I, yeah. I think that really, really shines through. You know, the the song, I think what's so cool about it as a love song is it's not a song that's very grandiose in, uh, you know, I love him, she loves me, we'll be together forever. That's not the, the way the song is written. Um, it's written that it's just that uh, they make each other happy and that that's what the most important thing is. That's all uh, I need to know. Yeah. Yep. And that's and that's um that's an incredible statement about what they actually think is important about romantic relationships. It's not yeah. it's mm-hmm. not these big grandiose like thoughts or feelings. It's just really about this gut feeling that you know that this person really will will make you happy, will contribute to your happiness no matter what else is going on. And that's that's you know this. Uh, uh, I always get shivers watching these two minutes, and very often I cry very emotionally this is like one of my big crying movies and this moment so much so that in the past when I've seen it in theaters with friends they've had to turn to me and ask if I'm okay uh yeah I really like this this is like one of my favorite movie moments in general and it has to do with the content of the song he'll make me happy I think it's really 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 brilliant and then also the scene that we were talking about with uh, the the babies and the old Muppets, uh, right. that line, um, days uh, go passing into years, years go passing day by day. That's like an incredibly complex uh, – <laughs> I feel that's very complicated for uh, a very simple way to convey a very complicated idea. In just two lines. Uh, yeah. where they're re- in two lines and visually talking about the passage of time and how we perceive it going through our life cycles. That's like, that's insane to me. And I feel that that is like, so everything that the Muppets are about encapsulated and like, just such a great distilled moment. And that's why I love it so much.
0: Well, and I think another, like talking about how this shot lasts for 60 seconds. The end of that shot is that the camera goes around Kermit and piggy's heads. And then Kermit and piggy walk away and we settle on the babies and the old lady. Like, the, the Frank Oz does not cut away. He like has Kermit and piggy walk away. And then we have that statement before it cuts, which make, which I feel like thinking, like thinking about how the movie is edited makes it feel even more profound.
2: Yeah. And, right? and so very it's intentional like, that, that not yeah. cutting away is sort of him trying to just cinematically show us uh, these ideas are very, very connected and yeah. and seeing the two characters getting married, who we care a lot about, because they're Kermit and Piggy and they rock. And also, this is something I haven't thought about until like literally popping on here, but thinking about the plot of the movie. The movie does works very, very, very hard to keep them apart for as long as possible. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. actually makes the, at the wedding so satisfying that we just get to kind of see them un- uninterrupted at the end of the movie, the two of them. And that that whole idea yeah. of these two characters starting the rest of their lives together, and then cutting or not cutting, you know, seg- panning over and seeing this, uh, this, this sort of this this, encapsula- this encapsulation of the life cycle. That's good stuff. That's that's good movie making right there. And it's very it's it's lovely. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it's also something that's great for the Muppets that you couldn't necessarily if, if you weren't doing a Muppet. Musical, if you were just doing a musical with uh, human actors, you could not have singing babies. So, yeah,
2: it would be way harder to do. Yeah, it
1: would be way harder to right. do. In you animation, have to
2: explain it in a do, very different but... way. It would have to be a chorus of little kids, little
1: children, which wouldn't be as effective. Yeah. No, it's not cool. as effective as legit babies. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah it, well, and it would just seem very mawkish, I think.
1: I think, yeah, with humans
0: like it would be very hard to make it as seem as genuine which is weird like the idea that like the like you know weird weird shaped cauliflower head well like, that's mean, the thing too yeah because it seems kind of funny yeah
1: it, it it maybe seems yeah. kind of funny at first because those babies are as always hilariously ugly <laughs> but then you kind of right. you listen to the lines that they're singing and you go oh wow yeah that's really good
2: Yeah, that's that's like they're they're being very they're allowing like a little bit of space to be serious using these characters, which is awesome. Yeah, right.
0: Well, and and those old lady puppets were on the Muppet Show. They were a band called Jerry and the Atrix. Yeah, who sang Hound Dog. Yes. And, you know, and like the whole joke was like, oh, old ladies can sing a rock Rock and roll. roll, What a what a what a joke, you know. Uh, So it's nice that they're that they're like treated very, very warmly here. I don't know.
2: Yes, I agree. Yeah, Yeah. with the respect they deserve as as a lady
1: rock band. (laughs) (laughs) I love Jerry and the Attrix.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I do too. I do too. Um, But so then we do finally cut away after after their line. We cut away to the pigs and then to the frogs. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: so the pigs include Link and Strange Pork, but also like just a bunch of generic pigs. The frogs include Kermit's co-workers from the ad agency and Robin.
1: Robin is also wearing clothing a bunch of, like like all Robin the other is frogs. Robin is
0: wearing he's wearing a suit for the wedding, yeah. Yes, um, a nice little and, like baby but, little uh, yeah. suit. But yeah, and a lot of these frogs are like the frogs from the frog prince yeah. and stuff. But with all with clothes on, a lot of them have hair. Uh, we should note, Bill is still the only one with ears. There's 12 frogs on yeah. screen. <laughs> only Bill has
2: ears. Bill yeah. is the eared um, frog, good to know.
0: Yeah, yeah. we talked about that last week. We talked about making t-shirts that say Bill has ears.
1: Bill has. <laughs> um, so, in, uh, in a 2020 live video event with the Museum of the Moving Image, uh, Frank Oz mentioned that there's one blue frog on camera left who is sometimes just sort of hanging there, not actually moving or singing along. So I w- so he said like there were so many puppets in the scene that they had to call as many puppeteers as they could, even if they weren't all that good at it. <laughs> so I tried to find this frog. I think I did. it's it's there's this little blue frog right at the end of the pew on the left. Um, he does sing along some of the time, but then there's one shot where it looks like. Like, his head is resting on the pew in front of him. Like, maybe the puppeteer's hand just got tired of holding mm-hmm. it up in the air. So, he's just kind of, like, hanging there. And then when everyone else starts singing, he he just perks up and starts singing along. So, <laughs> uh, you know, you can't blame the puppeteer for getting tired. No. Right. Well, it's, so maybe, it's hard work.
0: Right. Well, maybe in-universe, he's just, you know, he's at, like, Kermit's his third cousin or something. Oh, yeah. Has, we've all like, been to weddings like wedding. that. Yeah. Like, who cares? You yeah. Know? He's I just fall bored. asleep. Um and, and I I do want to note that Mrs. Appleby is there also.
1: He, <laughs> yes.
0: The leader of the Frog Scouts from the Debbie Harry episode of the Sure,
1: episode. sure. Is well, Kermit's acting teacher there?
0: I don't think so. Cause he has like Kermit eyes, doesn't he?
1: I don't remember what he looked like.
0: I think he does.
1: Yeah, I guess I he know. had another um another wedding to go to. Right.
0: Uh but then we see the whole the whole core cast of this movie. You know, Fuzzy, Gonzo, Scooter, Electric Mayhem, etc. And they all say she only knows he'll make her happy. That's all she needs to know. And then the camera pulls back to reveal the whole church for the first time. Yeah. And that is where we end. Um, I think we should probably save most of our detailed discussion of of that for next time. But Louie, you're not gonna be here. Any any thoughts about this whole you know, 20 20 pews full of Muppets?
2: Uh, other than that I find it every time I watch it completely emotionally overwhelming.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, totally it's, care.
2: it's like, um, yeah, I, I mean, it, oof, I love this song. I love the way it's written and I love the way that it is presented in this movie. I think that it's such a wonderful melding of sentiment of, of music and, and, uh, of, and visuals and for us to see sort of these small moments with these characters, each singing their line, and then uh, for us to uh, cut a, a cut to the entire, the entire church and see that all of them feel the same way about these two characters, it's so lovely and so smart and really feels like how weddings actually work. Uh, yeah. I remember that as a little boy watching this, I thought that If you got married you had to sing I thought that was a requirement I remember that Uh, And that also Has a little more to do with like the next two Or four minutes but I thought that all Vows were sung which I Thought was really nice Uh, You know and all the questions were Sung I also remember Like watching this when I was like I'd watched it a few times Um Uh, As a kid, and then I remember watching it, maybe when I was around four on video, four, four and a half, and watching it and crying tears of joy the first time, like it emotionally resonating with me in a different way. And I've always cried since then. It's just like hits a really primal part of me. Uh, Yeah. Um, So that's,
1: I love that. So that, yeah. that's
2: something that I, that I remember. I remember going and telling my mom after watching it, I cried because I was so happy for Kermit and Piggy. Oh wow, which is really <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those guys. I'm glad they're. I'm glad they're in my brain that this is the end of them up at cinematic universe and nothing else counts after this. And they're very happy living on the moon together.
1: <laughs>
2: oh. <laughs> that's sort of Fair. how I. That's, that's sort of in my brain. That's what one happened. way to look at it. It's done. Sure. It's done after this. What better way could anything end? Hand in hand with a friend. Roll credits. They're happy. They live happily ever after. The rest of the stuff, a lot of it's super fun, but none of it's actually canon. This is it for me. For uh, sure. yeah, sure. Yeah. Totally fair. <laughs> awesome. um, yeah. yeah. Um, other, other final thoughts about these two minutes uh, that I feel are important. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I just wanted to share... This is kind of fun. In the summer of 2006, you know, I used to have a great job directing kids, uh, being the director of a comedy program for kids at a wonderful arts summer camp. And uh, we had up in our studio where we worked, we had these two uh, Ken dolls. And one doll was named Rainbow Prince Ken, and the other doll was named um, Butterfly Art Ken. So obviously sure. they were a couple for us and we thought, you know, we we shipped the two of them. And then we did a sketch show where the running through line was that the two Ken dolls needed to get married, but we needed to make sure that we had enough money because the sketch show had run out of money, which was also a Muppet idea that I created. <laughs> yeah, so the sketch, the sketch show had run out of money and we were trying to raise money in really shameless ways the entire time. With all of the kids in the sketches trying to help us raise money, and then the end of the of the uh, of the sketch show was all the kids, and it was about a thirty five person cast. It was all of the kids uh, reenacting this sequence from The Muppets Take Manhattan, and uh-huh. instead of it being Kermit and Piggy, it was it was this gay wedding, uh, and it felt pretty radical for two thousand and six. It was before gay marriage sure, yeah. was legal, so that was pretty cool, and also all of the kids had such a blast reenacting this because the way the number is laid out. And we started with somebody's getting married. Like we did the entire thing all the way through. And the way that we could do it is we could give every single kid their moment to shine.
1: Oh, right. Everybody gets a line.
2: Yeah. Which was really fun for everybody. And it, and the build of it is so fun and easy. And we were able to plant some of the actors in the audience uh, so that they were standing up in the audience and then running on stage and singing about how they were getting married, you know, and it was like one of the most like joyous things I've ever gotten to stage and everybody has had such a blast doing it. And then definitely that moment where, uh, where uh, we cut away and it's the full church and that movement of the song, that's when we had the entire cast of this sketch show sing together. Uh, and it was so like genuinely moving and like incredibly fun to hear all these like goofy teenage voices singing the song (laughs) together after what we had just seen. And I remember specifically, um, uh, the line we had them go, um, you know, uh, well, they'll be so happy until forever, until forever. Uh and uh, you know, there's that line where all the Muppets go up and they sing, Their Love Will Grow. We had like all these like teenage boys going, their love will grow. <laughs> and it was just, like so silly and moving at the same time and yeah, so yeah, much fun awesome. for all those all those boys. Uh those goofy, our voices are changing boys. So uh <laughs> right. so yeah, so I wanted to share that anecdote because I feel like uh uh, you know, it definitely sort of has a this. This musical number has a little part in my um, in my artistic history. So yeah, that's a, yeah,
0: that's heartwarming. Thank thank you for sharing. Of course, yeah. Um, Ryan, did you have any other thoughts before we
1: close? Uh, well, nothing as spectacular as that, but. <laughs> no. Oh. um when i interviewed david mish the writer who did like uh, some rewrites on this uh movie he said he thought this was the largest gathering of muppets in one shot mm-hmm. i don't know i i maybe i should have counted but i don't know if there are more here than there are in the muppet movie finale
2: i can't but, imagine that there's more here than in the, but i guess they're yeah. in a more compact space here because the it muppet does movie does finale- like it's a
1: smaller space yeah
2: the shot and more seems like there. It seems like there's more Muppets in the in that shot in the end of the Muppet movie. I would think, and so. I believe yeah. I believe the Latroy Dragon is in that shot, which means that there's probably more Muppets
1: in it. <laughs> well, Just there, saying, you know what? Like, there are more yeah. the, the the huge Muppets. I think in that one because they're yes, more yeah. Yeah. Of the, like, full Lion body monsters, yeah. Yeah, but there yeah. may be more, more well, little muppets. Videos, there may be more, more little muppets in this, in this sequence. That might, yeah, but this might yeah. be number two then. I don't know. And today when they do stuff like this, a lot of it is composited. So like they'll, they'll do one shot of like 40 Muppets and then they'll, the puppeteers will all put on different puppets and they'll just composite it all together. So we might, we, we probably won't see something like this again.
2: And we know if Jim Henson were still alive, he wouldn't stand for compositing <laughs> Muppets together. Yeah. No, Despite he, the fact
1: he was already doing it in some of his work. <laughs> exactly.
2: <Yes>. Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: right, right. Um, Muppet Wiki does have a seating chart for this scene, which is excellent and very useful. Um, there's... Uh, I, I just love, like, a normal person reading this. I'll link to it in the show notes. To a normal person reading this seating chart, some of it would just seem incomprehensible. Like, there's a row that says... Irvine, pearl anything monster dinger orange honker whatnot blue honker whatnot whatnot <laughs> like if I showed that to you know a friend of mine who isn't a Muppet nerd they'd be like what who are the are these Muppets are these actually Muppet characters um wait there's... so
0: so let me go let me get this straight yeah pearl is in this but not Dina
1: I think Dina is, is sitting in a different road not sitting with pearl yeah.
0: pearl is not babysitting Dina I guess um, not Dina Dina and Pearl are a failed, for listeners who may not know, Dina and Pearl are a failed Sesame Street duo that's like an excitable little girl and her babysitter, uh, played by Karen Prell and Brian Meal. Uh, I'm kind of obsessed with them.
2: But I was, I was looking, actually, during watching these two minutes. You guys can confirm this or deny this, just because I've become very interested in him. Is Roosevelt Franklin in this scene?
1: I don't think so. I, I think... Yeah,
2: because he was so he was banished. From yeah, Sesame I think Street. Yes. Yep.
1: Roosevelt Franklin was, was retired t- from was Sesame t- Street. I don't think they they pulled out that puppet for years yep. afterwards. Yeah, they so, probably had don't. to rebuild so, him for some of his appearances
2: recently. Yeah, right.
0: But you know how we would find out for sure if Roosevelt Franklin is in this shot? How is that? We'll we'll pull it up on Muppet Wiki. And then we'll look at that picture and not leave our seats. Well, hardhead Henry Harris gives me a beat.
1: <laughs>
0: boom! 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 boom, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Okay, anyways. Look at these pictures. Don't leave your seat. how that.
1: I how I wasn't sure what you were going for at first. There. Yeah.
2: I, I I just thought of this question while while we're wrapping this up. If you could do some sort of George Lucas special edition of this scene, how would you turn the scene up to eleven and just make it like completely insane? because I just thought of a great way to do it. Uh, but I want to hear your guys's first. I would
1: replace <laughs> uh, Gonzo with the mighty Favag from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yes, yes, excellent.
0: <laughs> okay, so the scene that says uh, y- years go passing day by day, or days go passing into years, years go passing day by day, I would replace the babies with the gingerbread men. <laughs>
1: <laughs> from <laughs> the sweet gingerbread man those. number from the from, Muppet show
0: from the sweet gingerbread man number the the, the peak of the Muppet show if you will um, uh, so yeah definitely gingerbread man and I would replace the old ladies with the uh, you know in uh, Muppera when it's Jim Henson and Jerry Nelson's chins turned upside it's just down their beards. I would, <laughs> Yeah, I would replace the old ladies with that so that's
2: that's how I would take it. Up. Yeah.
1: I would also add Waldo flying around the church. Yes, Waldo
2: flying around. Actually, um, he would be the
1: flower girl. He would be tossing out computer animated. Yes, computer flower flowers. flowers.
0: Yeah, and he'd be like talking about the movie's domestic box office take. Like, Mr. Kermit, I'm worried. We're not making enough money. Uh, okay, but, 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 so, what was yours, Louis?
2: Uh, this is very silly. I would add it's, an it's entire an entire third pew. It's every single ge- human guest star from the Muppet Show. Oh wow, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that'd like they're hanging out with all of them, like, and they're really happy for Kermit and Piggy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that'd be um,
0: great. You know, uh, four of them are in this movie already. So, yes,
2: yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, This is it's a pretty good ratio, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah, not bad. It's much better than Caper, right? Where it was just John Cleese.
2: Just John Cleese. That's right. Yeah, but uh, Peter, Caper
0: has Peter.
2: Oh, yeah, Ustinov, who's also a guest on The Muppet Show. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah those yeah. are the two. Yeah.
0: But this one has four. The Muppet movie has, what, eight? Is that what we okay, counted? Eight or like nine? That.
2: Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's
1: Muppet movies a
0: lot. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, the other row on this eating chart that I love says, chicken, 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 male Kuzbanian, fazoob, flower-eating monster, droop. <laughs> <laughs> These are all. You know, very important guests to invite the Um,
0: Well, I'm glad Droop is there.
1: Yeah, me too.
2: Uh, I mean that would have been an amazing, an amazing cutscene is Kermit and Piggy
1: deciding on the guest list. Who's gonna (laughs) be like we can't
2: we can't forget Droop. Oh, you're
1: totally right. Sorry, we're gonna have to cut the seventh chicken to make room for Droop. Exactly, exactly.
0: Well, you know what would have been funny? And when I say funny, I mean only for me. um, if Droop, George the Janitor. Mildred, if they had all got up and started singing the, we got love song from Muppets Valentine's special.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Miss Mousy, who would be like, I used to date Kermit back in the yeah, day. Yeah. Miss Mousy
2: would yeah, be really upset. Right. Kermit's,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: Kermit's, ex, Kermit's ex, Miss Mousy. Is she, is she in there? I don't
2: know. No, I don't think so. I don't think I she hope was so. I wish. By, <laughs> no, Piggy, Piggy would have felt uncomfortable. Yes, probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 Um, And finally, uh, this was not the first time that uh, fans had seen Kermit and Piggy dressed up for a wedding. Uh, There's the Marisa Berenson episode of The Muppet Show, in which Piggy tries to trick Kermit into getting married on stage. Uh, There's the Muppet movie, uh, the Piggy's dream sequence for Never Before Never Again, which ends with a wedding... Uh-huh. Um, when we covered that, I noticed that she's actually wearing the same wedding dress in that sequence as she wore in the Race of Aaronson episode of Muppet Show. So that was a mm. fun thing. And then um this movie was filmed in 1983, which was just two Ryan, years. You
0: forgot, you forgot one. The Waiting at the Church in the John Cleese episode.
1: Oh, that's he a good one. Is a
0: pregnant bride, and then Kermit comes in.
1: Kermit also both... shows up dressed for a wedding?
0: Kermit shows, shows up in that sketch. Yeah, they're both dressed for a wedding. Yeah. And if you look up that sketch on Muppet Wiki, the picture is Kermit and Piggy together.
1: Okay. So, yeah. Piggy yeah. has a pregnant bride. Yeah. Just that is, no comment. It's just, I know, it's just there. I just wild. Just wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and then, yeah, uh, this was just two years after the wedding of Prince Charles and Lady Diana in England, which was a huge wedding of uh, famous people just like this. So Muppet magazine in their spring 1983 issue. Uh, did a photo spread of Kermit and Piggy as uh the frog prince and Lady Pie. Which
2: well, I think Lady Pie's great. I think that's <laughs> really? so smart and funny. I do. I think it's very funny. It's a uh, little bit of a stretch, but I'll allow it. <laughs> I like it. You know, I like it. You guys
0: you, you guys know who should have been the other woman in that?
2: Who? who? Camilla. Oh, of course. Oh <laughs> That <would be> amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But, uh, yes, we'll have more Um, on the wedding next week, I'm sure. So that's all I have for now.
2: Yes. All right. I I just want to say I wish that Muppet Magazine was still a thing because it was really the the best publication of the 80s, quite frankly. Well,
1: I don't know if I've ever – we've probably talked about Muppet Magazine a little bit on this podcast. But back at the time, I was subscribing to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe magazine. Mm -hmm. And then – One day, suddenly, I got a little postcard in the mail that was like, sorry, He-Man magazine doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) So that was disappointing. But then it said, so for the rest of your subscription, you will be getting issues of Muppet magazine. And I was like, wait a minute. There's a Muppet magazine all this time? (laughs) If I had known... Like, screw He Man. I would have been getting Muppet Magazine this
2: whole time. Yeah, the He Man magazine was just all these like boring, like essay think pieces by Man at Arms. It was really inappropriate for kids. And then yeah. you get Muppet Magazine, which what... is the most fun thing that's literally ever happened in a magazine. It really was. Like, Muppet Magazine was awesome. It re- really um... did
0: you subscribe to?
2: I used to pick it up at Safeway when I would go shopping with nice. my mother. I remember, and I used yeah. to have a whole bunch of the centerfolds, the uh, pinned up, like up they on my did all wall, those parodies. five or six. Yeah, I remember having one that was uh, He-Man, He-Frog, and the Muppets of the Universe. <laughs> I remember sure. one that was Kermit dressed like. Uh, michael jackson and it
1: said not bad
2: <laughs>
1: uh there <laughs> was um, you you, like you used to work with what you have
2: yeah there was uh kermie herman which was kermit oh, dressed as Wee herman doing I a tequila that. dance yeah um madonna there was a madonna one i used to have up that was miss piggy dressed as madonna and it was material pig Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. They were good. Uh, the the parodies were all really funny and really well well shot and staged. And yeah, were very eighties. Very eighties. Yeah, 80s, I was, well, yeah. The, I the was great...
0: just a little too young for it. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking. Muppet M- M- Wiki says the final issue was Spring '89. Mm.
2: So yeah, was a dark covered. day
1: for Muppet fans when that was it. Yeah, for that. Sure. yeah. The great yeah. thing about Muppet but, Magazine is that people. It seemed like the people at Henson actually cared about it and were actively working on it. It wasn't like they just sort of, you know, like told the publisher, ah, you, you know, you just put some pictures of Muppets on this thing and here's some stock photos. Like they were actually like actual Muppet writers were working on it. They actually wanted it to be good.
2: Well, that's, that's something about the, the company that is the reason why we still care. Yeah. Is that whatever medium they ended up translating the characters into they really had long and hard thoughts about how do we a make this the best we can make it and also too how do we take that like absolutely anarchic spirit and translate it to whatever new medium and you can hear that in like all the records um you you can see that in all the like the home video projects and uh you know this is uh i don't think she'll she'll ever hear this but one of my uh co-workers for this freelance gig i'm doing for sesame street is used to be the editor of Muppet Magazine, yeah. and she's been giving me all these notes and suggestions for writing for the for the characters, specifically for the Sesame Street characters. But she's been working, so she's been working with Muppets since the '80s. A and B, uh, every single suggestion she gives me is like dead on, amazing, yeah. and I'm like. And when I looked up her bio and I was like, Oh, she worked on Muppet magazine. That made me like very, very, very excited to work on her. Cause Muppet magazine was oh, of oh. such a high quality. Yeah. So, so there you go. That's great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. All right. So before we go, Lou, you've kind of already answered this, uh, but as you might recall, we like to ask our guests, do you remember your history with this movie, which you've discussed a little bit, but yes. any other thoughts are welcome. And then, Where would you rank it among the Muppet movies, which you've also said, uh, but please, please tell us why.
2: Sure. So my history is, this is the first Muppet movie I saw in theaters. I was three. I saw it with my mother and my cousin, Jenny. I remember that. It left a huge impression on me being so young and seeing a movie like this on the big screen. Uh... And I've been watching it ever since. And I watch it fairly regularly. I'll definitely watch it once every few years or so, at the very least. And uh, I rank it number one. I actually think it's the best Muppet movie. I think if you want to take the spirit of the Muppets and everything that is good about the Muppets and distill it into one movie and focus on the characters that really matter and the sort of stuff I want to see them doing, this is actually the movie, kind of surprisingly. So, yeah, I rank this one number one. This is my favorite one. I think this is awesome. the best one. Yeah,
0: yeah. You you you'd be surprised how many guests we've had. Who who we've had a lot of guests who say it's their favorite, and most of them have also said you're not going to believe it. <laughs> you know what? I, there's there's just something about it that feels like an underdog. You know, like it's I, a total. I
2: well, it wasn't as successful. I know, and it was right. the third in a series, and I also know it came out at a time when they were ready all to sort of move on to other things. It wasn't the major priority for any of them. In their in their brains uh, you know like I know that one of the reasons why they wanted to make one where they go to Manhattan is so that they could all go home for lunch which shows how like you know which shows like where they were at sort of with this sort of project and um, uh, but you know there's something about it that's so sharp and succinct and funny and and uh, and and really cuts to the core of the characters and I get people that, Their number one is the Muppet movie because I think the Muppet movie has so much going for it that's so wonderful. I love The Great Muppet Caper, but that's the one that I am like surprised when people say it's their favorite just because I think it's kind of the least accessible. I feel, you know, that's
0: both that's both my Ryan and my favorite one.
2: Yeah, yeah. 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 I yeah. love caper. Like, I think it's great, but I also just don't think it's as good as the other two. I just don't. Sure. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I yeah. I, get it. I know.
0: I know our, I, I know our friend and frequent guest, Joe Hennis feels the same way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just think so. it's a little more of a messy kind of all over the place movie with some amazing, yeah. amazing stuff <laughs> in see, it. See, that's,
0: That's kind of what I love about it, though, is that they're they're just, like, throwing everything against the wall. And And everybody
1: has a different thing that is their favorite thing about the Muppets. So it's probably – whatever that is is probably reflected in your choice for the favorite. That's true. That's true. But
0: here's the thing. They're all good. Yes. You know? Um, Oh, yeah. All three of them are
1: very good.
0: Right. The the first – the classic trilogy, like – that's that's great. Like if, if we look at these three movies as a trilogy, that's one of the best trilogies ever made, I think.
2: Yeah, we never um, got we never got it any better than this, period. We had the Muppet Show, and then coming out spinning out of the Muppet Show, we had these three fantastic movies, and it's really not ever been the same since. And and that's a shame. This was really the golden age. And I feel like this movie yeah. kind of marks the end of the golden age. We had Muppet Family Christmas after this, and we had the Disney world special, but this is, was really, uh, so specific. There's such a specific moment in time for the characters. And it was very special.
0: Yeah. I, oh, I agree. And and that's a perfect place to end Louie. Uh, thank you so much for being here.
2: My pleasure. Of course. And Thanks for having me
0: listeners. That's all for today, but you can check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, all over the place. Uh, we are on Patreon now. So support us there. If you feel so moved to do you can email us at movingrightalong at toughpigs.com to offer your thoughts on Muppets Take Manhattan or really anything else about the Muppets. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll be here for you. Or, or your thank thoughts you to... on the
1: Muppet Christmas Carol, which is coming up.
0: Muppet Christmas Carol, yeah, just around the corner. Uh, our theme music was composed by Stacy Rosen, and our logo was designed by Morgan Davey. So thank you to both of them. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. You can also follow Ryan on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat. And you can follow me on Letterboxed at Marxist. Louis, where can our listeners find you and or your work online?
2: Sure. Absolutely. So uh, uh, you can find me at Louis4711 on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, My website is louisperlman.com. And, I mean, the main thing that seems appropriate to plug is come October or so, I think it's around October... My episodes that I've written of the Sesame Street podcast, Foley and Friends, are going to start airing on Audible. So you can oh, listen awesome. to me write for the Muppets, which uh, is basically has like shattered my brain into a million pieces that it's a thing that's actually happening in my life right now.
0: <laughs> well, congratulations, man. Thank that's really you. It's,
2: it rocks. It's the best. It. Uh, Yeah. It's mostly I'm writing and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm doing my job. Everything's going great. And then every once in a while I'll be like, okay, I've just had Frank Oz and Jim Henson's voices in my head for the last three hours. This is very intense. Like, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. All
0: right. So everybody be sure to check that out. I believe the podcast is already running so you can go ahead and listen to that anytime and listen for Louie's episodes this fall. And meanwhile, while you're waiting, you can give us a positive review on your podcatcher of choice and tell all your friends, all your enemies, all the guests at your wedding uh, (laughs) to to listen to this show. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.